You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Youth and Young Adults Minister, Kirk McKenzie. This Bible reading is from Hebrews 11, verse 1 to 16. Faith is being sure of what we hope for, it is being sure of what we do not see. That is what the people of long ago were praised for. We have faith, 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 so we understand that everything was made when God commanded it. That's why we believe that what we see was not made out of what could be seen. Abel had faith, so he brought to God a better offering than Cain did. Because of this faith, Abel was praised as a godly man. God said good things about his offering. Because of this faith, Abel still speaks. He speaks even though he is dead. Enoch had faith, so he was taken from his life. He didn't die. He couldn't be found because God had taken him away. Before God took him, Enoch was praised as one who pleased God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Those who come to God must believe that he exists. They must believe that he, is reward, he rewards those who look to him. Noah had faith, so he built an ark to save his family. He built it because of his great respect for God. God had warned him about things that could not yet be seen. Because of this, because of his faith, Noah showed the world that it was guilty. Because of his faith, he was considered right with God. Abraham had faith, so he obeyed God. God called him to go to a place he would later receive as his own, so he went. He did it even though he didn't know where he was going. Because of his faith, he made his home in a land God had promised him. Abraham was like an outsider in a strange country. He lived there in tents. So did Isaac and Jacob. They received the same promise he did. Abraham was looking forward to the city that has foundations. He was waiting for the city that God planned to build. And Sarah had faith. So God made it possible for her to become a mother. She became a mother even though she was too old to have children. But Sarah believed that the God who made the promise was faithful. Abraham was past the time when he could have children but many children came from that one man. They were as many as the stars in the sky. They were as many as the grains of sand on the seashore. No one could count them. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They didn't receive the things God had promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a long way off. They openly said that they were outsiders and strangers on earth. People who say things like that show 
that they are looking for a country of their own. What if they had been thinking of a country they had left? Then they could have returned to it. Instead, they longed for a better country. They wanted a heavenly one. So God is pleased when they call him their God. In fact, he has prepared a city for them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hi, everybody. Can you hear that? Possibly you can, possibly you can't. We do have some chainsawing going on next door. And so we're going to try and do some noise reduction to get it out of the audio. But maybe you'll hear some machinery and banging and stuff going on while I'm talking. Bit unavoidable today, but hopefully you can still hear me nice and clearly as we go through today's talk. I wanted to start by sharing a childhood memory I've got of the time I got conjunctivitis for the first time. Don't know if you've ever got it yourself. Hopefully not, because it's disgusting. It's an infection you get in your eyes. Your eyes get sort of itchy and kind of scaly and a bit pussy. And overnight, what happens is that this pus stuff, this gunk starts to accumulate on your eyes. And if you get it real bad, like I did that first time when I was in primary school, uh, it can get so clogged up around your eyelids that your eyes can seal shut while you're asleep. And that's what happened to me. And so what you need to do in order to get your eyes open again is to get some warm water to wash it off. Now, the complicated thing was my bedroom was at one end of the house and the bathroom where you get access to the warm water is at the other. And so I needed someone, in this case, my dad, to guide me from one end of the house to the other to get cleaned up. I was effectively in darkness. I couldn't see. And I relied on my dad and I needed to trust my dad in order to get me to that end of the house. Now, when it comes to thinking about God, we need to deal with the fact that we can't see him. He's invisible. And so people come up with illustrations to help us think about God in this way. One pretty popular illustration that we have to think about God is wind. I've used it myself uh, in talks at our church, and and I've heard other people use it as well. Because you see, wind, I guess, is invisible in a way, it's that we can see the effects of wind. A couple of days before we recorded this, it was a really windy day in Diamond Creek. And we could tell that because it was blowing the trees about, knocking things over. And we could hear the wind. And we could say, well, even though we can't see God, we can see what God is, has done and what he is doing. And we can hear from God in different ways. Or some people say, God can be a bit like gravity. You know, gravity, again, we can't see it, but we can see the effects of gravity. We know from gravity that if we let something go, it's going to drop to the ground. Gravity helps us order things, helps us know that up is up and down is down. It helps us to make sense of the world around us. And people can say the same thing about God. Even though we don't see him, he helps to bring order to the world and helps us to make sense of the world around us. Now, Here's the thing about illustrations to help us understand God. All of them fall down at some point. None of them are perfect. If you take them far enough, they're not going to work. But they can be a helpful starting point in thinking about what it means to believe in God and what it means to have faith in God. And that's what we want to talk about today and in the series we're beginning today called Faith in the Dark. What does it mean to have faith in God particularly given that God is himself invisible. 
Well, fortunately, the passage that we're looking at today, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to focus this series almost entirely on Hebrews chapter 11 and the early part of Hebrews chapter 12, gives us a definition of faith in its opening verse. So Hebrews chapter 1 gives us this definition. It's a general definition of faith, not a specifically Christian definition. And it says this, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Now, I think a lot of people would think when they, they think about faith and what it means to have faith, they'd pretty quickly start thinking about things we do not see because you don't really need to have faith in things that you can't see. You don't really people, hear people say, I have faith in grass or I have faith in trees or chairs, right? They're just things like they are. We don't need to have faith in those things. When we talk about having faith, we tend to talk about things that are less measurable, less tangible, sometimes invisible. But it's not like being invisible automatically means we talk about having faith in it. Take those examples before of wind and gravity. People would very rarely say, I have faith in wind. It's not something we necessarily talk about, right? So that's where the first part of this definition comes in helpful. Confidence in what we hope for. Often when people talk about having faith, not always, but often, they're talking about something good coming in the future. Because faith is often about trust. Faith and trust, they're not exactly the same thing, but they're very similar, they're very connected. So I'm gonna give you another example, uh, another illustration, again, not a perfect one, uh, but another example of faith. And I'm gonna invite my friend Andy Barris to come and help me with this one. Now, you might have done this sort of exercise yourself, a trust exercise, uh, maybe at school, uh, g'day Andy, uh, maybe at school, uh, you know, team building exercise at school or at work. Uh, so I'm going to turn my back on Andy and effectively he's going to be unseen to me. I mean, sort of invisible in a way. And so uh, I'm going to fall backwards and I'm going to trust, I'm going to have faith that Andy is going to catch me. Now I should say before we start, Andy is one of my very best friends and I trust him a lot more than most people. Uh, so I've chosen him specifically. I didn't just pick some random out on the street to come in and do this. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm not going to see where he is, but I'm going to trust that when I fall backwards, he's going to catch me. Andy, are you ready? Ready. Excellent. Here we go. I'm going to count to three and then forward, okay? Wait, on three or three and then uh, All right, so I'm going to go one, two, three, four, okay? One, two, three, Oh, he did it. A round of applause, Andy. Thank you very much. Uh, and this is for you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> so there you go. I had faith in Andy catching me because I had hope for the future that when I fell, he was going to catch me. It wasn't just that he was unseen to me that it meant I had faith in him. It was that he was going to act for my good in some way in the future. In that case, a second after I started falling split second after I started falling. See, faith is that something or someone who is unseen is acting for our good at some point in the future. Now, this is not just a specifically Christian thing, right? People who are from other faiths, other belief systems will often believe the same sort of thing. It even applies in something like a wedding. You know, so people will often talk about faithfulness in a wedding ceremony that we're going to be faithful to each other. 
are going to love each other for the rest of our lives. Now, that couple that's getting married, they don't have a time machine where they can get, you know, go forward and prove that that's going to happen. There's no sort of scientific way of measuring whether they're going to stay loving each other for the rest of their lives. But they have faith and hope for the future that that is going to be the case and that they're going to stay committed to each other for the rest of their lives. That's faithfulness. So, as I mentioned, this uh, series, Faith in the Dark, is based on the book of Hebrews, and in particular, chapters 11 and 12. Now, you might be thinking, that's great, but why are we starting a series at chapter 11? What happened in the previous 10 chapters? Excellent question. Now, as a happy coincidence, my life group has been looking at the book of Hebrews uh, in quite a lot of detail this year, and we recently finished. So we've gone through the whole book. And so it's pretty fresh in my mind. And if I was to summarise very briefly the first 10 chapters of the book of Hebrews, I would summarise it like this. How good is Jesus? Getting my Scott Morrison on there. How good is Jesus? Or in another way, Jesus is the best. Or in another way, Jesus is better than everyone else. And that's not like in an arrogant schoolyard bragging way. That's just in a factual way. It's just he is better. Or if you're more familiar with the Bible and maybe familiar with the characters in the Old Testament, you know all those people in the Old Testament? Well, Jesus is better than all of them, even the really good ones. And so for 10 chapters, the author of Hebrews has been demonstrating just how great Jesus is. And then here in chapter 11, the author begins this new section, which is like one big challenge for us, the readers, to follow Jesus. The challenge to have faith in Jesus. And they do this by listing off a whole bunch of people from the Old Testament. So this is all the stuff in the Bible written before Jesus came. Listing off a whole bunch of characters from the Old Testament who had faith in God and talking about them. And we learn a bit about their faith as they go through. Now, I'm not, uh, there'll be more characters to come in future weeks. I'm not going to talk in any detail about the characters listed today, people like Abel and Enoch and Abraham. Maybe you've heard of those people before. Uh, maybe you haven't. That'll depend on your knowledge of the Bible so far in your life. The original readers of the letter of Hebrews, when it was written almost 2,000 years ago, uh, were a Jewish audience. They would have known the Old Testament really well, and they would have been very familiar with these characters. As they were reading those names, would have been, yep, know him, know him, yep, familiar with these people. Uh, but whatever the case, maybe you'd like to do a Bible reading project this week, uh, do an internet search for each of the names, and go back and read about them. There's some pretty interesting, sometimes intense stories about these characters who had faith in God. But one thing that stands out about these characters is not just that they uh, believed in God, but that they also had that future faith, a future part of faith, that they believed that God had a plan that went beyond themselves, uh, that was heading off into the future and that they were part of something that was going to continue well beyond their own life. And so as the author goes through all these Old Testament characters who we'll see more of in coming weeks, they're setting us up for chapter 12 where we arrive at Jesus. 
So I know that's a bit of a spoiler for the end of the series, but, you know, Bible's been out for almost 2,000 years, so it's well and truly spoiled by now. So setting us up for Jesus and going, all these characters in the Old Testament were looking forward to this time when God would do something really special uh, and that special thing is the arrival of Jesus, his life, death and resurrection. Now, when thinking about faith, and faith just mentioned so often in this chapter, if people were to say, where should I go in the Bible to read about faith? Uh, Bible experts would probably point you to this chapter first. It's a very famous chapter on faith. Uh, verse 6 is also helpful. Verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Now, when, it, when I first read this and I thought, okay, believing that God exists, isn't that a bit of a dir thing? Like, of course, you need to do that. But then I thought, oh, no, maybe not. Like, maybe you might think, no, I don't need to believe God exists to please him. I just need to live a decent life, just not be evil. And I guess being generally good is better than being generally evil. But what this shows is that God really values relationships. He wants to be in relationship with people. That's what really pleases him. And so he wants more than just, uh, just general good behaviour. He even wants more than just acknowledging his existence. He wants us to be seeking a relationship with him. And that's actually one thing that really stands out about the people in uh, the passage, the Old Testament characters that are mentioned. They don't just go, hmm, I think there might be an all-powerful creator of everything. And then just leave it at that. They actually seek God. They allow their relationship with God to influence their decisions and influence the entire tra trajectory of their life. It really makes a difference in the way they live. And there's actually, if you think about it, there's not much reward in just believing that God might exist. I'm, look, that's a great place to start. If you're watching today and you're just at that point where you're considering the existence of God and thinking, yeah, I think God might exist, uh, I'm not criticising you. That's the starting point. For it. That was my starting point. That's where you need to be as a starting point. But being a Christian, there's so much more benefit to actually being in relationship with God, to seeking him. That's where all the good stuff comes. That's where the benefits in our relationship, in our decision-making, uh, in answered prayer, uh, in our emotional life, in our thinking, all that stuff comes from actually seeking God, not just considering that he exists. And so that's really important. Another thing to consider here is uh, not just the challenge to seek God, but also to realise that it's important who we have faith in. You know, just to have faith that there's a, an all-powerful existence out there somewhere, that's one thing. But what is, that, what is that God like? You know, it's not unusual to believe God exists. Most of the world's population does in one way or another. But what is God like? You know, if you go to back, back to those um, examples I used earlier in the talk, my dad was a great person to walk me from one end of the house to the other when my eyes were sealed shut and I was in darkness because I trust my dad, you know. Much better person to take me uh, than the school bully or some random person I've never met. And if you think about that trust exercise I did with Andy, 
If you had to do that at school or in your workplace uh, with another group of people, I'm sure if you think about, okay, all the people at school, it's like, there'd be people you'd put at the top of the list to catch you, and there'd be people you'd put further down the list because you don't trust them as much. Because there's people that you know and, that you, and, you, and you trust them because you know them, you're in a good, deep, um, trustworthy relationship with them. I chose Andy because he's a great mate and I trust him uh, to catch me in those circumstances. We have a very trusting friendship. And so when it comes to the Hebrews, chapters 1 through to 10, what the author's done has obsessively demonstrated the trustworthiness of Jesus. Over and over again, from all these different angles, they've been demonstrating how good Jesus is, how loving he is, how committed to us he was through his life and through his death and through his resurrection. What Jesus effectively did was prove to us that God is good and that God is loving. And that's really important because I'm pretty sure some of you will be watching and thinking, I reckon God does exist, but I'm not convinced that he's good. I've heard people say that God is loving, but I'm not sure. I'm not convinced about that. But the writer of Hebrews, right early on, in verse 3 of chapter 1, so right at the beginning, says, the Son, which is speaking about Jesus, is the radiance of God's glory, so it's like radiating God in who he is, and the exact representation of his being. Jesus is, you know, if you want to see God, you just look at Jesus. And when we look at Jesus, we see that God is absolutely good and absolutely loving. And yes, God can at times be big and a bit scary and a bit complicated, but when we look at Jesus, we can be absolutely confident that he loves you and that he loves us. Us, he loves everyone. That's the wonderful thing about being a follower of Jesus is that we don't have faith in this vague God who we're unsure about. We have faith in a personal God who we can have a personal relationship with, who has proven without doubt that he loves us, that he forgives our flaws and our failures, and he's committed to being in a relationship with us. So, as we finish our talk today, I want to encourage you to seek God knowing what Jesus has done. That's a challenge, yeah? It's a day-by-day challenge to do this. But it's also something that we like to do, or it's something we like to do all year, but it's something that, I guess, as we head towards Christmas, is a great time to be doing it. There's the, the word Advent is often used around churches at this time of year. Uh, Advent is a, a word that basically means the countdown to Christmas. And we're actually talking about this series, our, our Faith in the Dark series, as our Advent series. And it's this time where we stand kind of in the middle of things, where we go, we look back at the birth of Jesus and we sing songs kind of from the perspective of people who were, were looking forward to the birth of Jesus or who were at the birth of Jesus. And we wonder, what would it have been like to have been there or to have been waiting for the arrival of the Son of God, the one who's going to be the exact representation of God's glory? And that can be a really helpful thing to do. 
So we can, we've got that benefit of looking back, but we've also got the benefit of the fact that Jesus has come and we know God now in a way that they didn't uh, when they were waiting for Jesus, that all these Old Testament characters that are listed in Hebrews didn't know Jesus, uh, didn't know God in the way that we do now. But we also know that there's still darkness in the world. I mean, if you didn't know that already, this year should have proven that to you, right? There's still problems and Jesus' plan isn't finished. God's still at work through his people, through his spirit. He's still got plenty to do because there's still evil and suffering in the world and we're still a part of that and that plan is, so we still got to look forward to what God is doing and will continue to do into the future. And so the Advent period, we can do this any time of year, but Advent's a great opportunity to do this as we hear Christmas songs and Christmas stories retold and as we go through our series, um, you know, Faith in the Dark, to look back, to consider where we are now and to look forward and see where we are in this great plan that God has unfolding. Let's pray. Lord, I just want to pray a really simple prayer for everyone watching right now. For everyone, Lord, please help us know deeply that we are loved by you. Not just intellectually, but deep down into our hearts and into our guts. That we are loved by you and that Jesus proved it. And as you help us with that, and through your spirit, that you could encourage us with that love. Please help us to seek you more day by day. Amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.